0: Okay guys, it has been a minute since I've been on here, and part of that is because there's just been so much of a download in in my spirit lately, and just in my life, and um, attacks, fighting off, and different things that, yeah, I just really wanted to wait on the Holy Spirit to give me what it is he wants to say, because the truth is the last thing I want to be is another voice out there just babbling on about stuff that actually really isn't all that important in the great scheme of things. And we don't know how much time we have on this earth, but what keeps pressing in my spirit is what are we doing with that time? We, I, I, Holy Spirit, just give me your words. Give me your words, Lord. I'm not here for a show. Okay, I'm just going to go right into this. Um, it's occurring to me, and and I'm seeing the, the evidence of this everywhere. We are actually um, addicted to comfort. Comfort is our God. And without comfort, we feel like we're gonna die. Our anxiety rises and um, God never called us to be comfortable. As a matter of fact, this is just my personal belief, but isn't it possible that John the Baptist chose to live out in the wilderness and eat strange things and wear scratchy clothes because he was making sure that comfort would not become his idol? guys, I, let me tell you a little, a little story lately. Okay. So the whole pandemic thing has happened, right? And before that, we all could go anywhere we wanted and get any fast food we wanted and treat the person who was serving us like garbage. And like, if they mess something up, we are absolutely entitled to it being perfect And we say things like it's not rocket science can't you make a darn sandwich um and and this is how it went now i don't know if that has changed much for anybody else but let me tell you something we have already seen the effects of people who simply won't even tolerate it anymore right i mean the few people that are still showing up to work i mean in my town alone Multiple businesses have have closed altogether, but there's some that are, like, they're closing hours earlier because they have no staff to to run them. Or certain days they're closed altogether because, you know, they're hanging on by a thread for the few burned out people that are still showing up for work. And if our support of them is with an entitled, crappy attitude, um... (laughs) Uh, first of all, if the Bible says we'll be known by our fruit, well, we failed in that. Did Jesus treat, uh, what we would consider, you know, (laughs) the lower class? Did he treat them like you do? Like I do? Okay. We know how he treated the lower class and he lifted them up and he elevated them (laughs) and he washed their feet. So, uh, There's that verse that says we ought to be living like he did. And so I I would love to see that. Um, (laughs) I would love to see or think that that has changed. Life is short and people need God. And if we can't offer anything better than a snarl and an entitled attitude, why in the world do we think we're bringing some harvest in? Let's get real about it, okay? This is what I'm here for, to be real. Okay, if you listen to the last episode, then you'll understand a little bit of where I'm coming from. But let me just try to lay it out for you uh, as plainly as I can, okay? So, it, growing up in the Christian world, um, there is this idea of... Really, it's, it's ideology. <laughs> like you live in this way of like what everyone thinks is correct. And it's definitely the only thing you show, right? Okay. So in, in the, in the secular world, there's not really that need for facade. Like everybody kind of like, they either like blatantly like things that are evil or they aren't trying to impress anyone anyway, but they're just like, oh, I'm a good person. Okay. So, so there's like, the evil that nobody's hiding, and then there's the, the church where it's actually evil is still happening, but it's all hidden. Okay? Now, that's not because church people are evil necessarily. I mean, everyone is. So this idea of like become a Christian and all your fleshly desires go away and blah da da da. da. Okay. If if that was the case why was Romans 7 necessary? Okay, Paul had a light from heaven come down, totally transform him, blah, blah, blah. And he is still saying in Romans 7, I do what I don't want to do. I don't do what I do want to do. Like, what is my problem? He is describing the war with the flesh, even as a transformed human being. Okay, so then you have, then you have this... These two different kinds of approaches in the church, okay. You've got the like, you know, we serve a holy God, and the law matters, and this book is a rule book, and so you've got that side, okay. And and they're all at varying degrees, okay. And usually, when you have that side, it's like, the the love, the whole reason you would want to serve this holy God that could crush you any second or whatever. Is from love right but because of his love and so you're told that you're told he Jesus died on the cross and like I never asked him to do nothing I mean there's so many arguments to that that it's like okay what what okay so you've got that side you've got this like we serve a holy God and you must behave correctly or he's at least displeased with you you might still be saved but ultimately he's looking for you to get your ducks in a row. Okay. That's the kind of like less harsh version of it. Then there's the other side where it's like, God is love. Doesn't anybody understand anything, you know, tolerate everything. And this is extreme side again, you know, let, let's go ahead and marry gay couples in our churches. Like, like crazy way out there, a hundred percent unbiblical. God is love. Everything's great. And so now you have no personal responsibility to anything. You just accept this free gift and nobody has any idea who God is and and whatever. Okay, so the Bible clearly says that some people will say, Lord, Lord, and he will say, I never knew you. Well, who, who are those people? I have been personally terrified that I would be one of those people. So I want, so that has provoked me in my life to want to know God so that when I get there on judgment day, he doesn't say, I never knew you. And I figured the only way he's gonna know me is if I know him. Because, because if there's some people he doesn't know, then you can't ignore who he is. I mean, how do you get to know somebody? I want him to know me, therefore I need to get to know him. Okay, so there's where the relationship part comes in. And I would love to say that I have all these beautiful fluffy answers. I, I don't, but I, I am coming to an understanding of where these two worlds I'm talking about collide into the most beautiful, captivating, intense, wouldn't give it up for your life experience that goes on and on, An experience that literally does transform your reason for existing. To the point where your decision making begins to start reflecting this undescribable intense passionate love connection with the creator of all things this holy god that literally is all-powerful he can be super scary we must fear him okay and i was told as a kid you know it's like well it's not the kind of fear that you know you're supposed to be afraid of him or whatever, but it's like, you know, this reverential feel. Well, here, here's the thing. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, yeah, you have to understand that God's not a teddy bear, okay? He is holy and pure. And anybody that tried to go in the temple where his presence was, where that experience was possible on earth that did not follow every letter of the law absolutely perfectly was dropped dead to the point where they had a rope so that they could, you know, pull him out without other people dropping dead, trying to go in there and get the guy. If there was any thing that he did not follow exactly right. Okay. So this is what's so cool. (laughs) This holiness that was held in the temple where finally everything that God needed, to to have in place so that his presence could come and exist there for at least some human interaction, even if it was just the highest priest. Okay. This is the holy presence of God that we as Christians are supposed to be carrying now because it's what Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice to make possible in our very hearts, lives, bodies, and beings. Now, Let me try to connect the two. Let me try to connect the two a little bit. Okay. His holiness could kill you. That's scary. Okay. Don't fear, you know, don't be afraid of God. Um, I'm sorry. His holiness is so holy. We can't even comprehend the power of this God we serve. Okay. So it could kill you if you don't have Everything just exactly, every dot and tittle just right in the law, right? And yet we, as Christians in churches all over the nation, all over the world, are sitting here with the privilege of not having any ducks in a row, being completely a disaster, and we are allowed to ask him for his presence to come into the experience with him that only the highest priest could do and only if they had every single bit of the law just right because in the middle Jesus came he came and fulfilled what the law did he fulfilled all the dot and tittles for us so that we could come into direct communication with the Father. You don't believe me? Okay, look up Jesus' prayer for his current and all future disciples that would hear his message because of them. Look up that prayer. I can't even remember which book it's in right now. I think it's in John. I'm all over the gospel so much, I am not good with references, okay? Ask Google or DuckDuckGo or something. Where the prayer is that Jesus prayed over his disciples, uh, New Living Translation is is amazing um, rendition of it, but it's just amazing anyway. Okay, he is literally saying we are one with the Father as he is because of what he did, what he was doing, what he came here to do. Okay, that is love. Okay. <laughs> Jesus died on the cross for you, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great. Why does that say he loves me when it was, you know, 2,000 years ago, whatever? The experience of his glory, the experience of his presence, the experience of who he is, is what we are supposed to be seeking. And he promises we will find it. So that on the day of judgment, we will not hear I never knew you after we beg, Lord, Lord, have mercy on me. Because no matter how cocky or narcissistic you are now, how much pride you're full of or anything else, on the day of judgment, there ain't going to be nothing but humility in the worst of, of self-righteous people. Nothing but humility, begging for mercy at the power of just his name. Can you imagine his actual being, his throne, his right hand? (sighs) Guys, we have got to learn who he is. Who is this God we serve? Because until we can offer the world him and not our version of a good ministry and our version of a good time or a good life or a good financial situation or whatever, until we can offer them him, then we've got nothing to offer that is good news because money goes away. Good times go away. Fame goes away. And guess what? The most fickle thing of all is approval of people. You name me one person that has maintained their approval of all people for the, uh, their entire existence and past their death. One person. There's a couple people who get their 15 minutes of fame. Some people even last nine, 10, 11 years. But all the while they have their haters, they have to decide to plow through it or not. But most people who have been worshipped by other people end up completely destitute, rejected, pushed aside because of what some other people said about them. Okay. I don't know how I went off into that tangent for a second, but it, it just ties into who are we trying to please? We need to get to know God because it, the privilege of his presence, the privilege of his glory that, that was so intense. It, it, it killed down Aaron's sons in a second because they didn't have every dot and tittle in place. He's that holy. He's that holy. And he loves us so much. That he gave normal blow Joe, who doesn't got no kind of ducks in a row, access to the presence that was in the Holy of Holies. And the power, the power that brings life or death, the power that brings the good news, the power that raised Christ from the dead was was in the Holy of Holies and it was transferred now to us. If we take lightly what we have as Christians, we need to check what, what we're a part of, because just signing up for another religion, nah, nope. Life's too short for that. We don't have no more time to be messing around with religions, people. It's God or it's nothing. The result for all other religions is the same. At best, nothing. At worst, nothing. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay? I don't want to be on that ship. I, uh, I'm not real good at the fluffy messages, but you know what? I refuse to water down the word of God. This is so serious. You guys, it is so serious. It is beyond life and death. It's eternal. It's, a, it's eternal. But his gift of getting to know him, seek me and you will find is the good news that we get to have that because of what Jesus did. That is love. If you understand that perspective, you have to understand that you wouldn't give up anything with this guy. So if we haven't had that experience, if we haven't had that, you know, and you know what? I've had some experiences with God, but I am pressing in for the next one. I'm pressing in for every moment where I am allowed to feel even what he's like even in nature, breathing in his fragrance. He's given me the privilege of that a couple of times. You can think I'm whack if you want to. I don't care. I want to know my God because ultimately at the end of it all, what anybody said at any point is not going to hold a candle to the strength of the relationship that I want with him to the point of martyrism, yes. But if you're not ready for that, Then maybe you know true Christianity isn't for you, okay? Now some of us it takes a while to get there, but if we don't press in, like God, why should I want to be a martyr for you? Who are you? What am I missing? What am I missing? Show me, God. Open my eyes. Pull the scales off. Literally open my eyes to things I would not normally see, and we have to believe that we do not actually see everything completely accurately, okay? I love you guys. It's great being back. I, (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for that. Um, Hear me, guys. Hear him. Open your heart. Open your eyes. Open your ears to who he truly, truly, truly is. Not your depiction. Not the church's depiction. Not Pastor Joe's depiction. Okay? Your own personal depiction seeking and finding of who he is. That's where wisdom comes from. That's where strength comes from. And the peace that passes understanding, all the promises, that's where it comes from. Not from the next voice out there. Okay? Till next time. Thanks.